Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Father, thank you so much for being the God of a life. And Lord, we thank you for giving us life and in the Lord Jesus. Lord, uh, when we forfeited that life, we thank you for stepping in to our disaster and shedding your blood, Lord Jesus, so we could have life. Now, Lord, we pray, teach us through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis chapter 50, verse 14. Genesis 50, verse 14. And Joseph returned into Egypt, he and his brethren, and all that went up with him to bury his father after he had buried his father. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall you say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, For they did unto thee evil, and now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him, and his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now, therefore, fear ye not. I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. And Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house, and Joseph's lived 110 years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation, the children also of Machir, the son of, of Manasseh, were brought up upon Joseph's knees. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die And God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land into the land which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from hence. So Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and was put in a coffin in Egypt. Okay, now, in our last study, you remember how we saw how Jacob died. I mean, I know we just read about Joseph dying, but we saw Jacob died. And there was a very large group of Egyptians and the family that left Egypt and they came into Canaan to bury Joseph, Jacob in this, this special cave in Machpelah. I mean, it kind of looks like Jacob before, when he was back in Canaan, sort of looks like he prepared a place in this cave to be buried there in, in Machpelah. And we can just picture him, can't you? I mean, he's, he's going into that cave and, they, you know, there's the bodies of Abraham and Isaac and Sarah and Rebecca, and, and that's where he also laid Leah to rest there as well. And, and, and he probably at that point, that point, or maybe after whatever, he prepared a little place for himself. 
you know, I could identify this. This is what I did when my wife died. I went over to El Cajon Cemetery, and I got a place, of course, for her to get buried, and then I got a place for me to get buried, too, right next to her and all the other family members, you know. And, and you know, and, 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 and you know, I kind of sat there at that time. I said, okay, now this is going to be the ground that, that my body's going to be put in and, and from which the Lord's going to raise up my body along with all believers in the resurrection of the dead. So Jacob, we can see him doing that when he goes into the cave of Machpelah there. And so when that big funeral procession comes there and, 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 and they came out of Egypt, they came, it's quite a scene now. They come out of Egypt, they're going into Canaan, and they're going to bury Jacob. It's like Jacob, through his dead body, was bringing his family out of Egypt into Canaan, and it kind of looks very prophetic, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen a little bit later, about 400 years later, but nevertheless, it's going to happen. They're going to come out of Egypt, and they're going to go to Canaan, and that leaving was so important. That leaving, that departure from Egypt was so important that a whole book in the Bible is named after the leaving. I mean, who names a book the departure? You know, the leaving. But, but that's what the book of Exodus means. It means the leaving. And so it's the burial of Jacob's dead body that brings the whole family out of Egypt to Canaan. You know, it's kind of like there are two trains there. There's one train, one, two train cars. There's one train car, you know, marked Genesis. And then there's another train car that's marked the book of Exodus. And the link between the book of Genesis and the book of Exodus is, is, is this burial of Jacob. It's, it's, pointing, it's pointing from Egypt back to Canaan. It's very symbolic. So now, and, and I read the whole chapter here so you could see that, that, that in the end of this chapter, I mean, in the beginning of this chapter, we have Jacob in a coffin. And then in the last verse, we have Joseph in a coffin. It's kind of a depressing way to end, don't you think? <laughs> but but, but how, how amazing to see Genesis open with creation and close with coffins. And, 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 and how amazing to see Genesis and how instructive for us to see Genesis open in creation with man originating from God and then closing in death with man returning to God. And, and, and so from these coffins that we see here in this last chapter, we, we know that, that, that Israel is going to stay in Egypt. It's nice now for them in Egypt, but it's gonna become not nice. It's gonna become a hopeless situation for them. It's gonna become a a situation for them in which they languish in misery, absolute misery. And, this, and as I said, this is gonna go on for 400 years from this point, and, and, and this misery is gonna be broken in the history of Israel. This misery is gonna be broken by the cry of a little baby in, a reed, in an ark made out of reeds floating in the Nile River. That's the last place you'd expect to find a baby. And that baby, of course, is going to be Moses, who's going to deliver Israel from Egypt. And then we're going to, have, we're going to go through all the books of the Bible, and we're going to come in the Old Testament and the Hebrew Scriptures, and we're going to come to the, the, the last book written by the minor prophets, the last book, which is the book of Malachi. And again, there's going to be another 400 years of silence, just like we're on the verge up here in Genesis. Another 400 years of silence from the end of the book of Malachi. And again, Israel's going to find themselves 
languishing in misery, in misery. They're going to be under the Roman rule, in misery, until once again, after 400 years, the, 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 the silence is going to be broken by the cry of another baby. But because, and, and this, this cry of another baby is going to be in a place where the last place you'd expect to find a baby, in a manger, it, because there was no room for him in the inn. That's the Lord Jesus, just like Moses. He's going to deliver the people. He's going to deliver the people from their sins. Moses delivered from Egypt. The Lord delivers from their sins. Now, okay, so now back to, back to wherever we were. Now, Joseph and the family has returned uh, back to Egypt. And that's, remember, that's when the brothers, they become all of a sudden super afraid that Joseph, they thought, you know, they thought Joseph was just like them and they know what they would do. So anyway, so they become suspicious that Joseph is gonna take revenge on them for what they did. So the brothers, you remember, the brothers came to, to Joseph with a made-up story, a concocted story that somehow, uh, unbeknownst to Joseph, Jacob somehow, on his, and when he's dying, slips away to the other brothers to tell them something and give them a message, which of course wasn't true, and, and, and um, that, they, 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 that they were to command Joseph to forgive them. I mean, when you look at this, you see that they were frightened. The brothers were frightened at this point, and they had a reason to be frightened because what they did to Joseph was nothing short of absolutely horrible. I mean, what, what, what the brothers did to Joseph, you know, in, in, when, when I was down in, 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 in um, where was I? Someplace. I mean, in East Africa there, one of those countries, I think, well, I'm trying to remember which one it was. I guess it was Kenya. And, 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 they, were, and they were telling me, that I met this person and, and, um, and uh, he had, an, uh, you know, the name, whatever they speak there, there I forgot now. You know, Swahili. Yeah, they speak Swahili. So anyway, so I asked him what his name meant in Swahili. And uh, he said, um, he said it, 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 meant, um, it meant shout and run, something like that, you know. <laughs> I said, why is your name called shout and run, you know? He says, because that's what we always said when the, when the slave traders would, you know, there were slave traders on East Africa. Slave. We only know about the slave traders on West Africa because that's where all the African-Americans came from with Liberia and so forth like that. But there were a lot of slave traders, worse ones. In, on East Africa, coming from Saudi Arabia, the Arabians. Anyway, so over there in, in Kenya, they, 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 they said whenever they, they, the, um, they'd see the slave traders coming, they would say, shout and run, you know, shout, run, you know, and, 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 he, and that was his name. I thought, well, I could think of some other names, but I don't know, okay, whatever. So anyway, so we're, what I was trying to say about all this is that the, the brothers of Joseph were worse than the African slave traders. Why? Because, the, you know, they caught them, shout and run, they caught them and, and, and sold them as slave. And they were worse because, because the Africans were strangers to the slave traders. But when, Joseph, when, the, when the brothers sold Joseph into slavery, Joseph was not a stranger to them. Joseph was their brother. And that made their sin very evil, as they called it, very evil. So that's why they were really afraid of Joseph. And because he, they're afraid he's going to take vengeance on them. And they had every reason to be afraid. And, and, and it, it's, it's interesting when you see how frightened they are. Because this is a picture of a person with a guilty conscience. A, guilt, a person with a guilty conscience is very easily 
uh, frightened. You know, that person, you know, when they're sitting there doing something, all of a sudden the door opens behind them, you know, they jump. And, 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 and they're, they're so easily scared. And, and, and like these brothers who are fearing the worst is going to happen. Because these brothers in this state of being so easily frightened is a picture of Proverbs 28.3. Proverbs 28.3 says, The wicked flee when no man pursueth, you know, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. You know, when, when they had a guilty conscience, for example, he told Israel, God told Israel in Leviticus 26.17, Leviticus 26.17, he said, I will set my face against you, and you shall be slain before your enemies. They that hate you shall reign over you, and ye shall flee, flee when none pursueth you. Are you going to run just because, you know, a, a bird chirped or something like that? That's what a guilty conscience does. That's what a guilty conscience does. It causes a person to be frightened and to be suspicion that something awful is going to happen. And that's what we see here with these brothers. And, and you see this, this frightened state of mind in the person of Cain. Cain, who, who, by, who by the way, did not seek forgiveness from God and, and didn't, didn't know forgiveness for his sins, and he wasn't forgiven, and he was left in this frightened state when, when he said to God in Genesis 4.14, in Genesis 4.14, Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And now notice what he says here. And it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. So he's very frightened that everybody who's going to find him is just going to all of a sudden want to kill him. See, that, that, that part there really shows how frightened he was. I mean, we look at a place, we look at a person, you know, like, like Cain, who's rebellious, again, rebellious against God, and, 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 and we look at him, but we don't see that, and we, we see, you know, we see kind of what David saw when, when he looked at the foolish, he calls him the foolish and the wicked, and it says in Psalm 73.3, Psalm 73.3, David said, I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death. Their strength is firm. They're not in trouble as other men. Neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride compassed them about as a chain. Violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. They're corrupt. They speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walketh through the earth. So what he's saying here is that they look so secure in their rebellion against God. Looks like they got a really great life. They look stable. But what we cannot see, and what David could not see, was that what was beyond the mask of security to their, into their inner heart, it was, it's frightened. It's frightened. That's why later on he goes on, he says, they're in slippery places. And, 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 and that's what a guilty conscience does. It, it, and that's what a guilty conscience did for these brothers. It just made them afraid. Joseph's about to kill us for what we did to him. Now, that's why it's so important for us, for anyone, to seek immediate forgiveness from God when, when, when there's a sin. To avoid this guilty conscience because the, the, the worst part about a guilty conscience is not only it makes us frightened, but it separates, separates from God, which is what God said in Isaiah 59.2. Isaiah 59.2, you said, your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you. He will not hear. So this is one of the great benefits of the service we just had of the Lord's table weekly 
because as uh, Ken so often reminds us, uh, you know, it's a, it's a time to examine ourselves. And, 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 and if we haven't done any confessing for the whole week, at least we do it then, you know. And, and, and because, because what it says in 1 John 3, 21, 1 John 3, 21, Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. In other words, if our heart does condemn us, we don't have confidence toward God. Okay, but the brothers found out to their shock that Joseph had forgiven them. And, 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 and that's all a picture of what's, what is going to happen with the Jewish people or, 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 uh, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, the Lord Jesus, we talked about the African slave traders. The Lord Jesus was not a stranger to the Jewish people. Uh, he, he was what the Bible calls their own in John 1.11. John 1.11, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. I think that's one of the greatest understatements in the Bible. They, they received him not. And a little bit stronger. But anyway, when the time comes when, when they will recognize their sin, the Bible says they're going to mourn deeply and they're going to be afraid like the brothers of Joseph were in, in Zechariah 12.10. Zechariah 12.10 says, God says, I will pour out upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. Well, what happened to the Italians? No, they have pierced. Well, what about the Romans? No, they pierced him. Okay. They look on me upon, they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is bitterness for his firstborn. So just as the brothers found that, that Joseph had forgiven them and loved them, that's what's going to happen with the Jewish people. Where they're going to find that the Lord Jesus has forgiven them and will love them also in Zechariah 13.9. Zechariah 13.9, he says, I'll bring the third part through the fire and refine them as silver is refined. We'll try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name. Well, what name would that be? How about Jesus? They shall call on my name and I will hear them and will say, it is my people. And they shall say, the Lord is my God. Now, what's interesting here, when you look at uh, in verse 17, when you look at verse 17, is the is a one particular Hebrew word which is translated forgive. It's the word nasah. It says in verse 17, so shall you say unto Joseph, forgive, nasah. I pray thee the, the trespass of thy brethren in their sin, for they did evil unto thee, they did unto thee evil, and now we pray thee, forgive, nasah, again the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept. The Hebrew word used for forgive there, nasah, literally means to lift up. It means to lift up as a picture of a person who is bowed down with a burden. He's, he's really weighed down and it's only forgiveness that can lift him up, that can get him up again. And isn't that what sin does? The sin bows a person down low. It's the burden that weighs on him or her uh, that causes the person to just bow down low under the burden. And forgiveness takes the burden away and lifts them up. Now, we see how the brothers literally did bow down. In verse 18, it says, the brethren also went and fell down before his face. I mean, wow, what a scene is that? I mean, this was the same brother's 
who cast Joseph into a pit so he could die of thirst. And now they're bowing down before Joseph and they're confessing that they're his servants. And that's a picture how everyone is going to eventually bow down before the Lord Jesus and state what is said in the book of Isaiah, which is Isaiah 45, 23. Isaiah 45, 23, when the Lord said, I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that unto me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear. And that's repeated in, in Romans 14, 11, Romans 14, 11, where Paul says, as it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So, verse 18, they come to Joseph, and, they, and, and by the way, when they did come to Joseph, it kind of brings the question out, why did they come? Why did they come to Joseph? And, and I mean, you know, <clears throat> well, the brothers had, had, had sold uh, 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 him into, a, as we know, and, and so they had a lot to feel bad about, but why did they come? Because he called them because he called them to come. And, and so, uh, and, 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 and they had sold him as a slave. And that's, by the way, how he was known in, in Egypt. He was known as a slave. I mean, when Potiphar's wife uh, referred to him in Genesis thirty-nine seventeen, Genesis thirty-nine seventeen, she spake unto him according to these words, saying the Hebrew, it says servant, it's the word ebed, it means slave which thou hast brought unto us, came in unto me to mock me. So he's known as a slave. And, and now, now the brothers kind of try to m- change this around. So they said, we be thy servants. And they use the word ebed. With the, we be thy slaves. So in chapter 37, the brothers sold Joseph as a slave. And now in this, in chapter 50, verse 18, now the brothers come and say, okay, we are your slaves. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711-330, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. Early bird registration, only $99, includes a two-day conference pass, meals, 
teaching, creation museum and tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com. That's ReachIsrael.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Get into the Christmas spirit this year with the Friendship with God Christmas album and hymnal book. With over 50 different arrangements on holiday classics, this four-disc set features solo vocalists, group ensembles, and classical piano tracks, and is perfect for road trips, family get-togethers, and holiday parties. In addition to the audio CDs, you'll also receive a copy of the largest hymnal ever published. Containing over a thousand hymns and melodies, this hardbound hymnal book and CD set make for a great gift this holiday season. Order this Christmas bundle today for just $29.99 online at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information, call 619-599-1104. That's 619-599-1104.